Cyberpunkin Pumpkin. No, it's not Halloween, but this game gets scary. Today on... guys have no idea how thrilled I am that for once there's no no god damn it you did it <laughs> just a little just a little just just in my ear the moist no 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 welcome everybody to another episode of press B to cancel it's a special episode this week two reasons one we're playing the dumpster fire known as cyberpunk although we'll see if it really is a true trash heap but also we're joined by Sinistar Sinistar, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. We're glad to have you on. And of course, along with me is my good friend, Werewolf. Wolf, how you doing? I am doing pretty good. I'm excited to talk about this. Oh, well, yeah, I'm ready too. I've been watching you stream <laughs> Cyberpunk for the last few days. And then uh, Sinistar, you had mentioned that you'd played a good chunk of it as well. Yes, I have. Yeah. And then I've also, I got to a bad ending, which we can talk about later on. We'll try and minimize, you know... The critical spoilers but i mean folks if you're listening to this episode by the time it comes out you're probably just curious what the story and the basic elements of this of cyberpunk are so we will talk about that um, but we have not seen the ending uh, i would maybe like to do a spoiler cast uh, when we finish the game but for now we're just going to kind of focus on the intro and just talk about cyberpunk <laughs> and why people i guess are upset with it and are there any good points in it I guess. So, uh, Wolf, how about you? You want to start a bit with maybe your first impression of creating your character in Cyberpunk? Well, uh, let me preface this with, uh, I was a kid who used to go and dive through dumpsters in my apartment complex when I was little. <laughs> okay. I found some things. Like, I, I found the odd NES game sometimes and took it home and I'd make it work and things like that. So, I, 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 I'm not averse to digging through trash to find the gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay and so the, i mean that's kind of how i feel like my experience in cyberpunk has been so far however in making my character i just sort of for those of you who don't follow my stream i accidentally sort of made my character look a lot like the dad from family ties <laughs> and just went with it i was like all right i gotta make him look as much like this as i can so i i tried to make him Look like Michael Gross circa season two to season five of Family Ties. <laughs> <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> He's done a very good job, too. Yes. And and then, as I continue playing through the game, I just dress him as ridiculously as possible. I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Gross, but... Well, there's also been a nickname because of your your play style as well. Right? Oh, yes. I, I have taken to referring to my play style as uh, Super Slow Obvious Ninja. <laughs> yes yes but also when you pick up too much stuff and you become you know overladen ninja albert yeah ninja albert yes. when we're being clean for you know the family reasons <laughs> well when i saw your character today it looked like you had a cybernetic eye on the one side and you're just dressed head to toe in rainbow outfit you looked like the uh, <laughs> star trek borg but from the <laughs> 80s or something <laughs> I, I said I was T-1984. <laughs> it was great. Awesome. 
But uh, yeah, it's it's not really a cybernetic eye. It's more like one of those power visors, like from Dragon Ball. It's over nine thousand, you know. Ah, uh, over nine thousand, jank. Yeah, absolutely. I have had my fair share of jank. You went nomad, I believe, right? Correct. Okay. And that makes me curious, Sinistar. You went street kid. Actually, funny enough, this is a this is kind of a, a, a I don't know. I, maybe it's a fun story. We'll find out when the people <laughs> you know tell us how this goes. But um, I've actually played the intro twice. Okay. Yeah. So the first time I did the intro, uh, I did Street Kid, um, and I streamed it, which means I also turned off you know all the copyright material, and turned on the genital filter, I guess, right, or nudity filter. Right. And then uh, after I'd played it for a little while, you know, everybody everybody's been streaming Cyberpunk, and so I decided I was going to start again. And so I actually did Nomad for the second one. Having both intros was kind of fun. I kind of want to go back and play the, the Corpo intro as well, just to see how that goes. So I ended up going Corpo, and I was kind of disappointed with it. It was super short. Um, so I missed your guys' playthroughs in the beginning for the most part. How long was Nomad? Okay, so the Corpo intro is short. Right. The Corpo intro is really short, because I, I also started the game twice. I started as Corpo... And then when I went from PS4 to PC, I decided I'm going to go Nomad. So I tried Nomad instead, and it was a way cooler introduction to the game than Corpo. I, I'm actually a little bummed at how lacking in experience... It's it's an underwhelming experience if you start as Corpo. Yeah. But then when you're dropped into the game, it's a lot more exciting. So the excitement is all mm. kind of front-loaded, at least with Nomad. And then after you get that opening montage, you're not as like, holy crap. <laughs> Whereas with Corpo, you've seen absolutely zero action until you get past that that montage. Yeah, literally for Corpo, it's it's basically you showing up to work at the office and your boss blackmails you. <laughs> but honestly, I think, you know, not having done Corpo, I think that the Nomad intro is, is my favorite of the two that I've done. Well, how does Street Kid go? The Street Kid one... It starts you in the coyote, right? You end up talking to, um, I think he's a fixer upstairs. And, and, you know, obviously this is a little spoilery, but it's like right up front. But I mean, you essentially are blackmailed into um, proceeding into the game. You know, you sit down at the table and the heavy sits next to you and kind of, you know, nudges you in. and Well, he slams a sandwich into his face and just sort of rubs it all over him. <laughs> I mean, if we want to start talking glitches... <laughs> That sandwich, that sandwich was... Hey, right from the beginning. I... <laughs> that was some of the best glitch I've seen. That sandwich makes its way into the orifice that's greater size than his regular orifice. <laughs> but then, I mean, obviously at that point, you know, the game progresses, I think, pretty much the, the same for everybody at that point. Um, at least, you know, my experience with the Street Kid and then the, the Nomad. So, you know, you go into you go into the montage with Jackie, right? Right. So I know with um, the little bit I saw with Nomad, you end up meeting Pan Am, uh, who's a main character later on in the Nomad intro, right? Uh, I don't think so. No, I thought she was early on. Is there anybody? Is there any other different characters in Street Kid or? I I was gonna say the only characters I remember meeting in the Nomad intro was the the shop mechanic and the sheriff. Yeah, and my problem is is now it's it's a little blurred because I did them back to back. Right. Okay. So it sounds like Corpo, I guess, yeah, I was very disappointed in that intro. He yelled out by your boss, blackmailed, 
And the montage. Um, what was your guys' feelings about the montage? I mean, some people online feel like that was maybe content that was cut, although the developer says that's not the case. That it's just a, you know, jump through time and then assumes that you now know Jackie really well. Did you guys like it? Did you dislike it? Maybe would you wish there was more to the life path intros? Yeah, I'll honestly say I I felt it was I felt it was enough. I felt it was great. In fact, honestly, you know, I wanted to I wanted to bring up Jackie during our part parts of our discussion here. It introduced to me Jackie in in enough endearing manner that I grew attached. I grew attached to Jackie. And yeah, the montage is fun because you know it's it's kind of that movie montage where. You know, you see the party hard, you see the, the heist hard, you know, that sort of thing. And and then, you know, you get to, and, and the nice thing is, is it kind of leaves it a little open-ended so that then you can progress into actual gameplay with Jackie as well. Right. Yeah, I think you're right with the, like the music and the atmosphere of it. It was fun. It kind of pumps you up, I think. Wolf, what was your take? I didn't feel like it felt like content at all. I thought it was well-crafted conveyance of you know, your new life after the opening. So, you know, all three openings, you had one way of life. Now you have this new way of life with Jackie and you become family with the guy. You're really close with him. You do a lot of stuff together. You have a lot of fun, all this. And it conveyed all that really well. It it showed like, it kind of shows a few ups and downs over that six month period between the opener and when you're actually dropped into the main game. I, I agree at the end of it, because when I first met Jackie, I was like, oh, this guy, this guy, it's it's just one of these guys, right? <laughs> Honestly, at the end of the montage, I was like, all right, all right, I'm on with Jackie. I like him. Well, Jackie didn't come off as and as interesting a character when you go Corpo as he did with Nomad, and I imagine he's also probably comes off more interesting in Street Kid. Corpo's opening just really left a lot to be desired, both in character development and world building. Yeah, in Corpo, it's it's odd because you meet Jackie and yet meet up with him at a bar and his personality or his background does not mesh well with Corpo. You're kind of trying to figure out why does my corporate character have any relationship with Jackie at all? It doesn't really match, especially for my guy because when I made my character, I tried to make it as clean cut... <laughs> non-fun <laughs> you know straight laced character as possible no tattoos no cyborg cybernetics all that kind of stuff uh which was hard to do actually that character creator so when I, you meet jackie i like jackie as a character but i didn't feel it meshed so well with my background especially when you consider corpo is the only one that actually knows jackie prior to the game's opening oh really <laughs> yeah well you think with street kid that he'd be Right from the get-go, it'd make more sense, because he's already doing stuff with fixers. No, you're introduced to, I mean, Jackie's new in in that uh, intro as well. I, I, w I will say that the um, the Nomad introduction to Jackie, I do think gave me probably, you know, after thinking about it for a minute, a little bit more endearment to, to Jackie, simply because he is a prominent portion of that intro before the, the meshing of the three. Yeah. Do we want to talk about... Sorry, what happens after that first mission with Jackie? I think we can. I, I'm pretty sure we'll... It's early. I, I think it's fair to say, uh, going forward, you're probably going to hear a few spoilers from still relatively early in the game. Yeah. And then if we go any deeper with spoilers from there, we might yeah. throw another warning after that. 
Yeah, I would love to talk about Jackie. Honestly, that the Jackie storyline, I did it twice, right? I did it twice to to that finality. I mean, since we've already kind of given that that spoiler warning. And and and, and I got choked up. I really did. So you want, let's explain I guess what happens. So basically you're going on a uh, a heist to try and get this this chip. And Jackie is your your mate goes with you along with something called T-Bug. On brand, my kids are making noise in the background. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Pulsh. Tell them Daddy's recording. And they're running around all stealthy, like Wolf and Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, so you're doing this mission with, with Jackie and another character named T-Bug. And um, unfortunately, the you know, like all good stories, goes bad. And Jackie ends up dying, right, by the end of it. And even though you haven't spent much game time, it's only a couple hours into the game... Because of the way they did the intro, you really do feel some attachment to Jackie, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was I was kind of bummed at things that happened, but we'll continue. I'll I'll express something after we're done here. Well, it's interesting because like I didn't I didn't expect them to kill off a main character. Well, what I thought was a main character. I mean, yeah. I guess he really isn't because he's only in the first couple hours in. But they seem to put in so much effort and there's so much dialogue and story building with him, and then he dies. But it's interesting in that they do foreshadow it a little bit. Yeah. There's a scene where you go to that bar and he's talking about drinks that legendary runners or whatever they call what they call the guys in that game. I'm confusing with Shadowrun. <laughs> but uh, they name drinks after all the famous, you know, runners in the cyberpunk world. And he gives what he basically wants to give what his is to the lady of the bar. And that kind of foreshadows that things won't go well for Jackie. Yeah, there was a lot of telegraphing of his death. I mean, there really was. <laughs> having done it twice, you know, having done it twice, I really saw the the writing on the walls, you know, including the some of the discussion with his involving his uh, his girlfriend, and I'm I'm blanking on her name, but yeah, uh, Misty. Misty, Misty, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was <laughs> I I didn't even realize it. Like they kept talking about death and all that, and it was just kind of passed right past me because they're just in a dangerous lifestyle, right? And right. then Seneca pointed out to me. You know, that was a heavily telegraphed death. And then I thought back on it. I was like, holy crap. There was all sorts of markers here, there, <laughs> here, there. Like, holy crap. It should not have been a surprise, but it still was. And then, you know, I mean, since we're giving it, I mean, we've gotten the spoilers out of the way. You get done with the mission. You're in the cab. You're in the Delamain cab. And Delamain asks you, where do you want to send his remains? And I'm just right. like, honestly, <laughs> that's like the a punch in the in the gut for me i was just like yes oh dear god like do i send him to his mom or do i send him to his girlfriend or like you know yeah so i am sending it to his mom what did you guys do i sent him to his mom i sent him to uh to his girlfriend so i know when you sent to his mom it leads to a funeral sequence with the mother and the family what happens when you go to misty same thing same thing honestly i think that that's i think that's more a choice to just tug at your heartstrings than anything okay. else. Yeah. Because I yeah. did do the funeral scene uh, in the bar. Which, oh. once again, man, like, I was I was, I was, was almost cutting onions a little bit, you know? <laughs> well, that whole sequence, right, where everybody gets up at the funeral and says a couple words. Some of them you know, some of you don't. And it's very impactful. And yeah. again, this is all, for anybody listening, this is early in the yeah. game. It's not that long into it at all. It's very early. And they hit you right... right Early and fast with that gut punch, like you said, Sinister. Yeah, right um, in the feels. And the, yeah, and there's a lot of criticism about Cyberpunk 
about the jank and the bug bugs and we can share that in a few minutes but what hooked me on this game and i am hooked on this game is the story and the dialogue and the writing right from the get-go getcha and hooks you in it's great absolutely i agree i will say that's a downside to streaming it is i feel like I don't want to just completely get immersed in choosing every single dialogue option that's optional. So unless it sounds like it'll be really interesting, I tend to skip and go straight for the the story pertinent options and move forward. Or if it as, as was decided early on in my stream, if fuck is an option, always take fuck. <laughs> that's my rule. No, I uh I mean all in all honesty, that's part of the reason that I I chose to, you know, stream the first chunk of it until you know the the first end game and then move on and, and play it by myself is is uh i wanted to have that ability to dive in with that immersion and this is the thing too with cyberpunk is like like first off i'll say witcher 3 is probably a top three game ever for me i love the witcher 3 and cyberpunk maybe it doesn't measure up to that but one thing where it surpasses at least to me is the city and the design that went into the city Absolutely. I was going to say, uh, so, uh, you know, as I was playing cyberpunk, I was like, there's a lot of engine that has crossed over, you know, from Witcher to, to cyberpunk. So after we talked about having me on this episode, I went and, and spun Witcher three back up just to see if my memory was correct. And I had blurred some lines, but, um, one thing I had forgotten is that, um, Witcher three, while there's a little bit of kind of a 3d aspect, you know, there's, there's, but it really, the map is flat where night city is layer on layer on layer. Right. And that to me, I don't know. I think I may prefer it to Witcher three in that, in that fashion alone. Well, I always find it great when people say like Skyrim, right? You look in the distance, you see a mountain in Skyrim. Oh, you can climb it. I mean, granted night city is not as big as Skyrim, but it's a similar feeling. If you're looking out from a balcony at a skyscraper across the way, odds are you can get up to a room there or a walkway or a highway. And there's no low times when you drive across the city. And it's a massive city. Yeah. And it's all very unique. All the neighborhoods and districts feel unique. Uh, you know, when you're in the outskirts of nomad territory or with your downtown and the corporal plaza, it really does feel quite unique and it's well designed. I mean, granted, you can't really interact with many NPCs, there isn't much dialogue, but that's kind of the same as Witcher 3 as well, right? There's only so many lines of dialogue on people in Novigrad. And, you know, Cyberpunk's the same way. But what's there, even on my potato computer, <laughs> the <laughs> game looks really good. Um, I'm very I'm quite impressed with it. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that is, I mean, if, if we want to talk just really quick about a little bit of some of the, I guess, jank or glitch or, or whatever you want to call it. So I... I play it on, I'm a laptop primary person and I have a gaming laptop. It's, it's brand new as of January. Okay. It's got an RTX 2080 in it. It's got an i9 Ugh. processor in it. But what's interesting is I have noticed that when I sit, so when you pick a surface to sit at a chair, a table or something, the CPU spikes, which is really odd, and it actually slows down. What? It's really, like, I kind of want to know what some of their decision-making on how to tie in algorithms, because I think it has led to a lot of the jank, because this has been in development for eight years, you know, yeah. or roughly eight years, and it definitely doesn't have the polish 
I said they announced it in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, from what I understand, they announced it in 2013. It didn't pick up development, I think, until 2017, 2018, though. Okay, um, okay. And they really all gears ahead on developing this. And that was one of the, I mean, the complaints a lot of people had when they found out was the developer was forcing the developers to do crunch. Right. right? Six days a week, multiple hours, you know, camp out of the office, which is not exclusive to CD Projekt Red. That's an industry problem. Sure. Certainly. Yeah. But I mean, that's they delayed it a couple times, and then when they announced it was going to come out in December, I kind of said to myself, "Well, you kind of hope the developers get Christmas off, right?" But when when this game came out, it definitely has its problems, and and now there are lawsuits from investors. Yeah, which is wild. Yeah, that boggles <laughs> my brain, <laughs> especially with how many pre-orders they had that they've been reporting. I mean, this thing has paid for itself. How are the investors upset? 13 million sales sold it, sold profit in the first day. <laughs> That's what they said. Even after returns, it still made a ton of money, right? Right. Yeah. Like, and I personally don't know anybody who returned it. My brother got it on the PS4. He pre-ordered it back in like February or something, ready to play in March. And then they delayed and he held on to the pre-order. And then after the game came out and it was buggy as hell, he was like, you know what? It'll probably be fun to play. Sometimes you like to play a big open world buggy <laughs> mess. Like that was his perspective. So he's held on to it. And, you know, my experience with playing on the PS4, I was like, all right, you know what? I'd rather play this to look a little bit better than the PS4, have less loading times. So I'm playing it on the PC instead. I, I'll share that I do use my brother's account for PS4 stuff. For some things, so I had access to it there. I didn't buy the game twice. I only bought it once. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. I seriously, a friend of mine pre-ordered it ages ago. He's been cracking out on it on PS4 ever since. So to me, I've not seen a lot of people super angry with it. I've seen some people disappointed and want to hold off until the, the game-breaking bugs are fixed and all that. And I've run into a few. <laughs> but if you just <laughs> reload back far enough, it's not that big of a problem. It was an odd decision to pull it from the PlayStation Store. Yeah. Not just PlayStation, the Xbox too. Oh, did it get pulled there? I missed that. Both, yeah. I think it's because they said they were going to fix the problems that were let through, but they didn't get fixed fast enough. Since so many mm. people wanted refunds, they just pulled it from the digital stores. No, <laughs> we don't want to handle your refunds. The way Microsoft and PlayStation handle it, they have a cert process. So any game has to go through the certification process. And a lot of time what happens with established studios is they, if they report the bugs they know are outstanding and they commit to a plan to fix them, like you said, Wolf, then they're sometimes given a pass on cert, knowing that there'll be a day one or day two patch. Not a great system, <laughs> as this kind of shows you, because uh, there was quite a few bugs early on. But they have released like three patches in the last two weeks. And... I've noticed it's been performing better on my system. But again, I've never had any crazy bugs. Like the wildest bug I had <laughs> was uh, I was on the motorcycle. And as I was getting off my motorcycle, I got hit by a car. And I was sent flying not backwards, but up. <laughs> up in the air. And I landed like we're talking 15 stories in the air on top of a building. And then when I landed on the building... I, I was fine, but when it moved, like I took one step, I must have hit like a kill zone and I died. Oh, really? But it sent me, that's that's the wildest bug I've gotten so far. Otherwise, I had I had one bug where um, I died 
close to a checkpoint and it saved me at that checkpoint at a point where I couldn't survive, right? There's nothing I could do. I would load up the checkpoint and I would die instantly from an explosion. I think I mentioned this to you earlier, Wolf, yeah. when you were streaming. There's like, an L, there's like a door you blow up. So that kind of screwed me up. But when it comes to these kinds of games, and I know what kind of game this is, any kind of character RPG, and this is not just new for Cyberpunk, this is for any any game I played on a PC, from Skyrim back to Fallout to like Arcanum, Baller's Gate. You have 20 saves, man. Like, how can you not play a game like this and have <laughs> enough saves to safely go back to? I kind of expect it. Oh, yeah. I'm old school PC game player. I mean, I started playing computer games in, in the 80s, and every manual used to say save early, save yeah. often. Right? Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm very much a, you know, I don't ever go back and I, I kind of don't even go back and wipe my saves unless they force me to a certain limit. Yeah, neither do I. Why delete a safe, right? Unless you're, unless it's like a, this is not the days of, you know, PS1 where you had 15 slots on a memory card or something. Right, right. Yeah, as long as you have hard drive space. Yeah, right? exactly. But back to, back to, you know, the, the bugs and glitches and stuff like that. I mean, one thing that we, that we do see now, and this is, this is a symptom of, of, you know, our demanding, you know, game ecosystem is a lot of games really are almost released as beta. I mean, they don't say it. But really, you know, the players are the, are the last beta testers. And it's because we're so demanding, you know. I mean, when they announced Cyberpunk, I was like, I'm all in, you know. And I was upset when they delayed it in November. The, yeah, this isn't even a new problem. This has been a problem ever since, you know, downloadable patches have been a thing. Yeah. I went to the Art Institute back in 2011, 2012, some of 2013. I didn't finish, but I had a lot of teachers who were veterans of the industry. And a few of them often said, you know, it's a major problem with the industry now is there's not a whole lot of quality testing done on games. They completely skip that process and just let the masses find the bugs and then address them as they can. Well, and I'll talk a little bit about that because I'm, you know, I'm in the industry. I'm not in the game industry, but I am in the software industry. But there's there's been a compression because there used to be separate quality assurance roles and they're in a lot of cases have been that's been pushed up to the developers develop write your own thing and then test it yourself yeah devops yep exactly Oof. yeah yeah we've seen that at my company as well i'm not a developer but i work with them and yep. yeah the they move from the classic qa team dev team ops team now it's all merged together and you know it has the advantages to having a lean team but sometimes when deadlines are a problem and you have management who doesn't understand the importance of, you know, thorough testing, you're going to have situations like this where testing is ignored or skipped. And Cyberpunk, from reading the insider leaks that are happening with staff, the staff all basically say that they've explained to their management teams, this game is not ready. It needs more polish. It needs another six months. But it was pressure from the management team and directors stating that, hey, no, We've delayed twice. This is supposed to come out in 2020. It needs to come out now. And that and that's reflected in the final game that came out. Right. And then, of course, the, the studio saying that there would be no crunch time and then backing out on that. Yeah, and then know. there was all sorts of crunch time, even, even into the delays. <laughs> well, there's also a story about their, the bonuses for staff being tied to Metacritic scores of 90% or higher, which is always crap. <laughs> Especially when you force a company to release the game 
early. <laughs> and it's definitely for the console players. Their Metacritic score for the console version of this game got hammered. And, like, rightly so. Like, the game was not released in a polished state. But I look at some of the games I played this year that were similar, like Avengers. I bought Avengers, and that's the only buyer's regret I have this year is buying Avengers that came out. As much as I like the single-player campaign, it is so buggy. There's such an absence of content. It just, it's terrible. <laughs> I, I, I wish I refunded it within two hours on Steam, but I missed that window by a few hours. Cyberpunk, for all its jank I've experienced, not that I've had much, I don't regret it. Like like you said, Wolf, I think it's, to a degree, the jank can be fun, but I also know from The Witcher 3, and even Witcher 2, the company is really good with follow-up content and patching. Witcher 2, I think, got an update two years ago, like years after it came out, right? So I expect the same from Cyberpunk. If they don't, well, then I'll keep that in mind for the next game they release, you know, 10 years from now. But I have faith, right? Yeah, I don't really worry about, about CDPR. They're, I mean, their content... Uh, Witcher 3 definitely is my favorite RPG yeah. in the last 15 years. It is. And that's that's saying a lot, because there are a lot of good RPGs out there. You haven't played it? Nope. God damn. No time like the present. The DLC for Witcher 3, if they do anything remotely similar to Blood and Wine and Heart of Stone for Cyberpunk, then this game will go down as having a legacy of being a great game. Um, I love the DLC in Witcher 3. And, and so all, all said and done, you know, since we talked about glitches and bugs, I had one that was a game-stopping glitch for me. Like, literally... I could not load a save and I could not start a new game. It would crash out. 1.05 came out and it resolved itself. Luckily okay. that was within a day, but otherwise I, I, the game's a blast. And 90% of the glitches for right. me have been graphical, right? Like Johnny, Johnny smoking his cigarette. Every time he would take a drag, it would leave <laughs> one in the air. Well, if you gotta, you gotta talk about the, um, the Pan Am one you, you came in across. That was hilarious. Uh, I had a bug yesterday where I died and it respawned me back in a vehicle with a character named Pan Am. She's driving the vehicle. I was in passenger seat initially. In the respawn, it dropped me in the driver's seat with her <laughs> so I could see the back of her eyes and, you know, hair flowing in front of me. And it was really bizarre looking. Oh, that's always <laughs> so disturbing. Really quick, that happens all the time in Phasmophobia, and it's almost the scariest part of the game. So most of the glitches I've seen and the bugs I've seen have been to that degree, where it's not game-breaking, but instead it's just kind of hilarious and silly to look at and gives you a laugh and you move on. I did have my first major game-breaking bug today, where for some reason I got locked into... And I'm guessing this is a safe zone thing that flags for your character and unflags when you leave a safe zone where you can't use grenades, you can't use healing items, you can't pull out your weapons. My double jump was deactivated from my, my cyberware, all that stuff. And I was invincible. I could not take damage. I could not anger the police. None of it. <laughs> well, you're getting hit by cars and nothing. Yeah, I was getting run over by cars. So this is a problem how? I, I couldn't attack anybody. I literally could not engage in combat. Enemies could attack me. I wasn't getting hurt, but I couldn't fight back. I could not do anything. And I, tr I tried to engage the police. I thought maybe if the cops come, they can kill me or something. And 
I was running people over with my motorcycle and just launching into the sky and the cops didn't care. I was getting no arrest warrant. I also don't understand why <laughs> running people down with a motorcycle instead of, you know, just running them down. Instead, it turned them into a ramp and launched me like 30 to 40 feet in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Restarting the game did not fix it. I actually had to reload to about 10 to 15 minutes earlier with one of the quick saves that the game had put in. And then with that, it got fixed. But I'm guessing it was something, it was a safe zone flag that never unflagged for me. So that, that brings up a question that I've wanted to ask because um, I watched uh, Wolf do the, the, the heist for the, for the chip, for the, you know, during the intro. Oh yes, that game breaker. Yeah, there is a game breaking bug there. Jake, I wanted to know if you'd run into that same game breaking bug where you have to collect a key card off of an officer who comes up through the elevator. So not what you guys got, because I remember you guys were talking about it in chat when Wolf was streaming it, and that's the elevator area in the building. So for me, I, I had a slightly different bug. It was not game-breaking, though. Uh, I killed the guy in the elevator. I snuck up on him, and I got the card. But then when Jackie came into the elevator, he fell down and embedded half in the floor. So he wouldn't help with the rest of the combat for that sequence. So he kept talking to me, though, and his mouth was moving on the face down on the floor of the elevator. So I did that on my own. But I, I thought he got shot, and that was like, you know, he was injured, and he's like, oh. Like, I thought, that's when I thought, okay, he may die, right? Because he's, I thought he's on the, on the ground taking a dirt nap, but still talking, fine. So when I watched you guys play it, I mean, that was hilarious to see that how it's supposed to happen. I thought it was great. Yeah. Well, in mine, you could watch the, you could watch the gentleman. You could watch his little, you know, the little circle on the, on the minimap. It would actually jump around the map for me. <laughs> and then he would pop back up in front of me and then jump around. And finally, I had to go into the elevator and, and shoot him essentially <laughs> into the building. No, it's, it's wild. Yeah. So I was warned about this elevator glitch before I got there. Thank you to both. Sinistar 77 and Seneca Gaming both warned me as best they could without spoilers for the, the segment, which nothing was spoiled, thankfully. I, I was like, all right, I want to make sure to not kill this guy in a weird way. But I was already at the point where I was just killing everything with melee, just sorting everybody to death. And so first, before I went into the elevator, I killed everybody outside of the elevator and then had a dude just sitting there dead behind a desk and Jackie was like I'm gonna sneak past this guy and tripped on the chair that was there and caused the chair to go flying <laughs> and explode the dead body into just a pile of blood <laughs> I remember that and so that was a huge gore fest right there and then I go into the elevator and went behind the guy and he wouldn't turn around he was just standing there facing out the door and I'm just like, I'm trying to punch him from behind, like maybe punch him out of the elevator. Nothing's happening. He's losing health, just kind of getting unconscious. And so I, I knocked him out and then pulled my sword out and killed him and looted what I needed. But it he all just stayed right there. There was no major issue. I saw his model like sort of max headrooming in the elevator, but <laughs> he didn't go anywhere else. <laughs> right. Yeah. The first time I killed him, he... The reason I shot him into the building was I, I killed him and he, he, his body ended up outside the building. So I could just <laughs> stare at him just floating there in space and I could just stare at him. 
And Jackie's telling me, come on, search the guy. <laughs> I'd like to. <laughs> Working okay. on it. Okay, Jackie. You got you got a hook that I can, you know, pull this guy in with? So the glitch the glitch in the jank is is real for sure. Yeah. I've even encountered that uh kill zone thing that Jake found on the roof of a building at one point. But I've found it on one story buildings, oftentimes on top of AC units. I think <laughs> I think the game registers height differences in a weird way. And so sometimes you step down a small height difference mm. and the game thinks it was massive and you either take a bunch of fall damage or you just die. Yeah, from my understanding, the fall damage is calculated by, I think, the speed, not the distance or something like that. There's a weird thing with the physics engine and you're right. If you Sometimes you, if you fall the wrong way, you end up taking more damage or you die instantly. Well, I've also discovered that it calculates speed in a weird way because if you... Next time you play, try going up or down, and up works just as well as down, like a banister of a stairway, especially right outside of V's apartment. If you go up or down the banister of the stairway, V hauls ass. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, if you're going up, he's he flies up that thing and catches air off of it. It's It's weird. It doesn't seem to determine your character's velocity in terms of any sort of gravity or anything, and instead... Like a ramp is a ramp. Up or down, it's a ramp. <laughs> so I I think that's also a part of that problem. Yeah, it's like a... I saw a speed run with it, actually. Or the beginning of people trying to speed run this game. And running along the banisters on the highways or the edges is the same trick. You go lightning fast. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. I was going to say, it sounds like, you know, we should all very first take the, uh, the fall damage reduction perk. Just right off the starting bat to you know counter any <laughs> yeah. sort of fall issues well actually we can talk about that actually this is the perks because the perk when you first open that tree it's like oh man there's a lot <laughs> well and that's what i really wanted to compare to uh to witcher 3 because i remember witcher 3 it was almost daunting too the I, I don't think they called it perks the ability tree um i think cyberpunks is more is more complex after looking at it again it definitely is. I, I know Heart of Stone. Sorry, Wolf. Um, I, I do know Heart of Stone expanded a bit with um, some more mutagen powers. You can you can morph abilities, but it's not as complex as Cyberpunk by far. You're right. Oh, I, I had one more bug I wanted to mention before we moved on to this. Oh, go for it. I won't say who told me about it, and I don't know how to do it, so don't ask me. But there was a <laughs> duplication trick discovered by someone we know, and that person was able to massively multiply the amount of things they had in their inventory and make a ton of money. All the mass trace. Yeah. But it was <laughs> happened upon by accident. It was something discovered by this person completely on their own, as I understand it. So that was one of the issues that was um, from launch that got reported. Well, it has been since patched, which was if you dupe and craft too much, if you have too many things in your inventory and your save file gets to be over eight megs, it would corrupt. It was one of those, like, how does that pass QA? Yeah. But it's been fixed. We all had concern that Ninja Albert was going to run into that. <laughs> but yeah, this this particular duplication bug was discovered after 106 was installed and everything. So Oh, okay. It's still active as of right now, far as I know. Anyway, um, yeah, like I said, I, hadn't, I haven't played Witcher 3. Honestly, when I was looking over <laughs> the skill trees and all that, trying to figure it all out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is massive. And apparently, this prompted Sinistar to look over to his wife and go, he hasn't played Witcher 3. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's more complex and, and, and larger in Cyberpunk for sure, but I would not say that The Witcher 3's abilities are, are lacking from choice. I think the difference between the two is Geralt and The Witcher, at least I found, you have to use all the tools at your disposal. You have to use light and heavy attacks. You need to use your alchemy. You need your spells. You need everything. Potions. The whole nine yards. True. Right? There's everything in his tree is useful. You may specialize in one aspect of it, but you end up using all of it. Whereas in Cyberpunk, there are multiple trees for all the different stats. But I mean, much like Wolf, I just went Blades, right? And I never looked back. I almost exclusively went Hack and Slash. I didn't worry about hacking or, you know, net wizardry. Uh, I didn't do, you know, guns at all. It was just hacking. Um, So I don't feel like I missed out too much. There's been a few side quests where they kind of do the Deus Ex thing where you can go through the front door or go through the side door, but you need certain skills to either force open a window or hack a terminal. So I don't have those skills, but I don't feel I've suffered because of it. I've still found ways to go around it the long way and then solve problems with my blade. (laughs) Yeah, and I've chosen and and this was uh, something that came from borderlands because i love pistols in borderlands i have favored the pistol uh selection in cyberpunk i i'm nowhere near the ninja that you guys are have you dabbled with um there's different kinds of weapons there's smart weapons and power weapons have you messed around with those at all i've done the smart weapons uh the power weapons i want to say i still don't quite understand like how how to effectively use them you know the ricochet shots stuff like that but yeah, the power weapons for sure. In fact, in the intro, there's the gun that, that Johnny has in the intro that's kind of it's a... so good. Yeah, you know, I want that gun for the rest of the game. In fact, I think, I've, I, think I said that when I played the, the you know, on stream per- previously. But uh, and some of the, the cyber weapons, though, almost give you a little bit of that power back. Well, because they have um, the smart targeting, right? So, like, you can point anywhere. Yeah, smart targeting, yeah. Yeah, and, and so you get a lot more criticals, so it feels a little bit more powerful, for sure. Yeah, Johnny's weapon, for those that don't know, if you do, when you get a chance to use it, you get a taste of it, make sure you melee attack with your handgun, because he does a, a really cool fire attack with it, which is out of nowhere, and he does a really fancy reload animation. I want to say you do get the gun at some point, at, when you do a, enough side missions, but it's something I, I wish there was more weapons in the game that were like that, they do have a special designation for some items called Iconic. And uh, the main thing I figured out was that you can just upgrade them and change their rarities from my understanding. Oh, is that how that works? They don't have unique animations, really. Not not like Johnny's Gun. Johnny's Gun, I think, is, is one of a kind. But I don't know. Yeah, that, that scene with Johnny right up front, fantastic. If The first time you fire that gun, you're like, this is something yeah, special. for sure. I had a moment using that gun where I headshotted somebody for over 10,000 damage. It was satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely a badass. Satisfying is the word. <laughs> kind of hoping my katanas can get there at some point. I want to ask a question because sure, I haven't played as far as you, Jake, and I don't think at this point as far as, as Werewolf, but... Have you... Um, here's a good way to do it without spoiling anything for anybody. Have you been to the gym yet? No. But I watched just, like, I watched a little bit of it without spoiling okay. it on your stream. But my question is this. There was so much of that brain dance at the beginning that was so cool. I haven't had it ever come back. Does it come back? I have seen, I have partaken in another, I want to say two or three brain dances. 
as well as I have found the I've found shops that sell brain dances. I haven't actually tried to see if I can use them or not, but I have purchased a number of brain dances. Some are legendary, some are epic, some are rare. So I'm guessing a lot of these have been fleshed out experiences that you can just go see and do, but I haven't really tried yet. I don't think you can. No? I think they're just vendor junk, if I'm not wrong. Are they? That sucks, because I dropped like seven grand on them. Well, because they say, they say so-and-so brain dance, uh, not compatible with your cyber deck or whatever with your it is. your OS or something, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, so I don't think they work, and it is disappointing, because you're right, it is... The first one, when they get you into the system, I mean, they, they break it down step by step. And then the few after that you do, they are fun. They're interesting. I mean, I wouldn't want to do too many of them. But the ones they've had so far, I think I've done four. And I think, because I got up to A ending. Not not a good one, but I got to A ending. And I only I think I, I think I did four or five at most. So they're not very prominent in the game. But I don't know if there's a lot of side missions that also have them. Because I haven't done many of those yet. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't had a single um, brain dance after that first yeah. one. But what is a little bit odd, though, some of them, though, are quite graphic. I don't want to spoil on the one, but there is one that involves some um, teenage guys uh, and some torture. <laughs> and it's a bit much. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't want to do that kind of content. So you're not in the right frame of mind for that kind of stuff. The, the game pulls no punches when it comes to the gore stuff, for sure. And that one was a little bit off-putting. But overall, they're 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 interesting little puzzles to figure out. Yeah, it's it's safe to say that if this game were rated like movies are rated, it would be rated R. Oh, huge! <laughs> Even yeah. with the 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 safer work filters on, it's still rated R. <laughs> yeah. So I my second playthrough, I turned off all the filtering, and I've been playing it, you know, as designed, right? And I did, um, you know, just to uh, to experience what it was like. I I went and picked up a hooker (laughs) and um i will say that it i mean there's it might garner near an nc-17 of points in in the american graphic yeah wow yeah like witcher 3 was also fairly graphic but yeah the the, some about the first person viewpoint (laughs) i've seen porn like that it's a bit much (laughs) yeah the that was the experience when i went and picked up the hooker i was like okay, I'm experiencing this. Like, it's not, hey, you know, let's let's have a cutscene. Well, and there is one part in the story, I won't name characters, but there is a, a sex scene in it. And it's an aggressive, you know, scene. And it's it's pretty it's pretty in your face with it. It's a scene also where my wife my wife walked in. Okay, so that's the one I saw today. <laughs> and you're like, well that's awkward. Yeah, I'm just playing a game. I mean she doesn't care, but it's just it's just <laughs> funny that of all the scenes in the game, she comes across the one 16 sec, 60 second <laughs> scene and it's just one of those things it's it's yep. a game that it pulls no punches with the the aesthetic it's going for um it's definitely got that 80s vibe to it right the, the rock and roll band type stuff and sex and guns Absolutely. and violence um not all of it hits really well uh that's another thing that came up the criticism i mean we won't dive into it too deep but it's one thing that is important to bring up is um for folks in the trans community uh i mean now more than ever they've been really struggling, you know, to get fair treatment in this world. Right. And cyberpunk, there's a, there's advertisements in the game and some trans characters that are not done well at all. They're pretty poorly done. Uh, very out of touch. Like when I was reading up on this game, like it did start, you know, development 
in 2018, but the ideas were much earlier than that, like 2013. And that's what I think about when this game, when I look at Cyberpunk, it does feel like not next generation, but a game from the start of this console generation, right? Mm. 10 years ago. Like a lot of the ideas in the gameplay don't feel new. They're done well, but they're not new. And the attitude they give to things like trans folks and community is not done 2020. It's done 2013. Um, it's, it's, it's disappointing, I guess, that the developers didn't, you know, kind of correct some of this stuff. They certainly had the opportunity to. Um, some of the criticisms came out a year ago, and it was nothing was really done. So it's, it's one of those things where I kind of, like, look to the mod community to hopefully patch out some of those posters that are really offensive, maybe change some of the characters. Like, there's got to be ways to, to be more respectful to everybody in this game, right? You can have sex and guns and violence, but it doesn't need to be expensive people you know in the community sure but yeah i have no problems with uh you know with the adult content right but i'm with you let's let's go for respect yeah not to defend cdpr or anything like the developers of any sort on that front but it is supposed to be a dystopian future and so one would imagine that a lot of this stuff like one of the big complaints i saw about from the trans community about it is that trans people are treated as little more than sex objects in cyberpunk 2077 but i would also venture to say that in cyberpunk they've purposely created a world where everything is pretty much everything is commodified in general and so uh, it's it's kind of hard to draw a line specifically where you know some things are treated respectfully where others are not so just something to chew on there a little bit yeah, like uh, sex in general is exploited in cyberpunk, right? I mean, it's supposed to be a shit existence in this world. Oh, for sure. And so yeah. the only people who aren't getting a shit end of the stick are the people in charge. And even sometimes then. So, But, but like I was just saying, it's like everything going on right now in 2020, like they, they didn't have to exploit the trans. Yeah. The false image that people have of trans people in the trans community, is just, it doesn't, it's tone deaf by the developer. I'll agree with that. And they, sure. they could have fixed this. And I also thought it was a weird choice to just make your gender, like your he, she, completely based on voice choice. You know, masculine voice, feminine yeah. voice determines yeah. whether people call you he or she. That's it. Yeah, it's really disappointing. Like, especially when they hype that character creator. Yeah. I'm like, man, when I started up, I'm like, I'll make it. I usually make the female characters, but I'll make a guy if I can pick my penis size. Why <laughs> the hell not? There's only two options, man. <laughs> Come on. Conan, Conan has a slider. Where's my dick slider? That's what I want. But there's like four version or four choices of uh, pubic hair. Come on. Yeah, you can have the Harry Potter lightning strike for your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> like it just and like when you make your character, you're locked into that choice. There's no way to change tattoos yeah. or anything. And that's what was kind of upset me because I want corpo. I, like I said before, plain, straight laced. I was good, I was assuming I could customize my character later and add in tattoos and change the look. You can't. <laughs> like, mm. So that's disappointing. Uh, before we finish up, I do want to talk a little bit about the side quests, right? Because that's a big part of these <laughs> kind of games. Massive in this one. And Witcher had it, Skyrim had it, and Cyberpunk definitely has quite a lot of side quests that are not just fodder, although it has some of those. Yeah. But some do have good storylines in their own in their own right. Is there any side quests that you guys really think stand out? Now, sister, if you want to start, yeah. Can we talk about Delamain? Sure, but just explain who Delamain is a bit. So yes. 
So uh, Delamain is an is an artificial intelligence that runs a cab uh, company, <laughs> yeah. I guess. And and very very creepy looking when he's looking at you through the uh, the rearview yes. mirror, mm-hmm. um, which is just a display. He doesn't sit in the car with you. It's just his eyes staring at you. Plays a prominent role in the intro, and then after the intro is done, um, there's there's kind of a a fun series of side quests that uh, that involve once again spoiler warning uh, Delamain. Uh, cabs going rogue and you have to chase down these these rogue cabs and each one has a different personality when i first you know saw it i was like oh you know the first one i got to you know he rams you and he goes beep beep motherfucker (laughs) 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 and i'm all in at that point i'm like this is great and then it says you know damage it enough to you know to to you know waylay it and so you do and so i'm like oh this is how they're all going to be i'm just going to have to go take down cab after cab well, no, every single one has a different personality. Yeah, so there's, they all have different tasks associated with recovering the taxi. And I thought that was really cool. And unfortunately, some of them went better for me than others just because I'm not a great driver in cyberpunk. <laughs> I don't think anybody is. There was one where you have to you have to get it back without going too fast or causing it too much damage. Oh, I love that one. Because it's depressed. <laughs> I love I love those emotionally unstable taxis. They're they're just funny to me because it's just artificial intelligence. It's a car and it's like we're all going to die, or there's the one that's just super angry, or you know <laughs> Yeah, or the one that's afraid of flamingos. The one where he asks you to slow down, you go flying off a cliff. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the one that you have to drive slowly and not wreck into anything, I thought I was doing very successfully. You know, I was driving slowly. I hadn't hit anything. And then at one point it says to me, I have to pull over and take a breather. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, this is so good. This is so good. I didn't even get that. And then of course the last one, you know, and I don't, I'm actually, I actually am not going to say what it is, but um, for those that are playing the game, chase that quest line. Chase it to its end. Yes. Yeah, the only issue I have with that quest line is the first few parts I attempted, I didn't have a car because the the game does take away your car, right? And you have nothing to drive around. I didn't know you could actually steal vehicles for like hours (laughs) into the game. And you've never fast traveled. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, no. No, I didn't fast travel. So I was walking everywhere. Dude, everywhere. (laughs) Um, The only reason I did Jackie's funeral thing was because I had to like I had to look up a line of like man I have no car I'm going nuts walking everywhere because I didn't know about fast travel early on, and then you you get a vehicle from doing Jackie's quest so I use that more than my my car. Oh, can I give a real quick aside on the on the Jackie quest vehicle thing? Sure. Yeah. So at the end when you get when you get his motorcycle and his mom is like, well you shouldn't scratch it then. I drove that thing like a baby, for like. I don't know, 30 minutes. And then I was finally like, okay, screw this. <laughs> Cause you know, I, I had that like yeah. honor for Jackie, <laughs> you know? Well, not me. I took that sucker off the road, <laughs> <laughs> bouncing over hills, trash heaps. I flew off the side of a ramp before. <laughs> Actually my first experience driving in cyberpunk, you leave Via's apartment and I hop in the car and I, I couldn't figure out the driving. And I kind of went over the overpass and landed on top of the cop car. <laughs> and I couldn't get out. So I'm triggering all the alarms. Cops are shooting at me. Somehow I managed to glitch out of the car and fall to the ground. 
and I'm just running for my life <laughs> to try to avoid the cop meter. That was the first like five minutes of freedom leaving the apartment. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, that's great. What about you, Wolf? Is there any uh, side quest that really stuck out so far for you? Aside from the Delamain one, I'm thinking not too much, but I haven't done a ton of side quests. Mostly I've been doing the uh, crime in progress stuff and things like that. Are those worth doing? Because I, I kind of skipped out on those. I did a few of the um, Cyber Psycho stuff, but that was it. They're good for cash. Okay. Yeah, and, and cred. They give right. you street cred, too. Yeah, that too. Yeah, and a lot of cybernetics are gated between, behind street cred. It took me a while to get my Mantis Blades. I'm going to have to go get this double jump. I I don't have this yet. <laughs> oh, it's so OP. I just double jump over everything. I'm yeah. good to go. <laughs> game changer. Well, like we were saying before that, you know, the game Night City feels very vertical or it looks very vertical, but you don't really experience that in the missions until you have double jump. When you realize you can jump on top of buildings, crates, no problem. Oh, dude, I was, really you don't understand. I was running around all over Night City without double jump climbing onto rooftops and everything like i found <laughs> okay. ways i even found a body on top of a rooftop at one point that had an item just straight up will give me a point into firearms or pistols or something like that oh really I, I haven't used it yet it's the only one of those types of items i've found but i found it on a dead body on a rooftop somewhere don't even remember where <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing with Cyberpunk. Like, there is a lot of detail in and stuff to find in the game. Like, even something like the Ripper Docks, there's a dozen of them in the city. And they all have slightly yeah. different upgrades, right? But there's also upgrades just lying around. Um, there's supposed to be Mantis Blades, legendary Mantis Blades, on a building somewhere in Corporal Plaza. Have not found it yet. But a lot of people say, huh. find that first. And they'll let you get around the street cred requirement. So there's stuff there to find. It just... At first glance, when you talk to a few NPCs walking on the street and they just tell you to piss off, you're kind of like, oh, it's GTA, right? There's not much there, but it looks pretty. But there is depth, or at least a reason to explore. You just have to kind of seize onto it. Yeah, I. It's, it's easy to think the game is not as fleshed out as it looks. But when you really go looking around, yeah, there's not a whole lot of stuff going on on rooftops because... I mean, in general, there's not a whole lot of stuff going on on rooftops. Right. <laughs> True to life. That's that's pretty realistic. Yeah. Don't climb skyscrapers, kids. When you find stuff going on on rooftops, <laughs> it's a treat. Yeah. It's something that you weren't supposed to just come across. You had to actually find it. And I mean, sometimes you will find just cool little things happening in alleys. But it's not just an alley find. It's You're literally working to get onto rooftops. And if you find something... It's it feels rewarding. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Jake, how about you? Any side quests? Uh, so my thing is, I actually haven't done enough of them. Uh, I did the Delamain quest line. I actually finished the second part of it, which I'm not going to spoil because I know Sinistar you haven't done it. Um, but it feeds into more of the the split personality thing. So you're going to love the end of that quest line. Fantastic. Uh, I did mostly mostly did the mainline stuff, and about thirty hours in, I got a ending. Um, but up to that point, the story was great all the way through. Uh, there's sequences later on with, I'll just say it's a parade and it's jaw dropping. I loved it. And it just really well done. Do we want to, do you want to talk about the ending I got the bad ending or no? Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. Okay. So there is a ton of side stuff in this game and you should do it. Not just without spoiling anything for anybody listening and is going to play this game. Do as much of the side stuff with Panam and Rogue as possible. Because it helps flesh out an option you get 
at a point in the game where it gives you better endings. Um, so I didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, I'm going back now and going to do it. But 31 hours in, you get a prompt uh, in a story mission. It's the last story mission that you can do. There's no branching paths. And it says, meet so-and-so. You say 31 hours in, but I'm like 32 already. Well, see, I, I rushed, honestly. Like, you're doing a lot more exploring yeah. than I ever did. You know, I like I love I I may not be using fast travel. I may be driving everywhere and walking everywhere, but I'm not really doing much of the you know the cyber psycho hunts and the crime stuff. I'm mostly doing the the story stuff. You're saying you've been staying on the main story quests mostly, yeah. I mean, I, I did Delamain De and I did um, one of Panam's side quests, which was good, but I, I always stuck to the main stuff. And you have to meet somebody at a restaurant, and it tells you, it warns you, which is good, and it says this is a point of no return, right? If you want to do anything before. The finale, mm-hmm. save now, and I did, so that's good. But what basically what ends up having for me is no final boss, no conclusion to your 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 deal with Johnny. None of that. It's oh. you meet this person, she pitches an idea wow. for. I'm assuming it's some kind of like heist type deal, but you go back, to, you leave, uh, you have a nosebleed sequence, and you end up in a doctor's office, and the doctor who's your friend is upset with you, and he's like, ah. And you're like, you know, give it to me straight, Doc. What? What is it? Say what you want to say. And he, all he tells you is, you can't do this anymore. You've run out of time. You have to just, just do it. Take things into your own hands. You know what I mean. And he, and he walks away. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, what? And then I'm looking well. around the room. Misty pops in the room. And then I look at the tray next to you. And there's some pills and a handgun. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not going to do that. Like, what is it? You're not going to have me do that are you so you take the pills and the handgun and the misty kind of gives you some dialogue choices but the game is never there's branching dialogue but it usually ends up in the same spot with some slight variances right so far but apparently the, the decisions you you get with misty, misty um, do change based on the side missions you've done so ultimately she takes me to a nice quiet spot very scenic on top of a building <laughs> you talk with her about jackie and how he died and then you talk to Johnny and about your options. Things aren't looking good. And Johnny's like, not the way I would go, kid. Go ahead. And he like, pieces out. And you kind of camera for the first time in the game. You're no longer first person. You get to see your character, which in the third person is hilarious because wearing a fedora and a samurai mask <laughs> and a pink sweater. <laughs> so it zooms out and you're supposed to take this seriously as you talk to Johnny in third person. And then he winks out. And then the, the camera pans out, and you have the gun in your hand, and it fades to black, and you hear a gunshot. It would shed at you. Yeah, it would. So, and then the, the ending credits, you basically have various characters basically telling you how you fucked up and how they how they hate how you ended it. Oh. <laughs> and it's a long credit sequence. Jeez. Just credits rolling, and the, just the, the various characters saying, how could you do it, V? Hey, you done fucked it up. I'm like, okay, all right. So I, that was wow. my punishment. My wife was like, is this the end of the game? And I'm like, no, I can't be. <laughs> Because I heard, I mean, we, we all heard that Cyberpunk was rushed. So I thought, well, hopefully that's not why critics are banging on this game. Is because the ending was cut short. I, I thought maybe that's what it was. So I looked it up online and I'm like, no, there is totally end encounters, a boss, all that stuff. But to get to it, you kind of have to do more of the side stuff. So don't ignore the gotcha. side stuff. Uh, and if you do, I mean, it does warn you. Point of no return. There, well, there's also side stuff that it makes itself known that it's more important than other side stuff. Right. Yeah. 
But there's like five or six endings in the game. So keep that in mind. Yeah, I was going to say, I have a friend that uh, um, has played the hell out of this. He took two weeks off of work to play this game. And he's he's done three of the of the endings so far. Hmm. Without spoiling it, has he said if he's happy with them at all? Oh, he, he loves the game. Okay. He absolutely loves it. He said, you know, somebody said, well, I, I made this choice. He said, okay, go back okay. and do the other ones. That was his oh, response. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I rolled back my save. Like I said, 30 hours into it now. I'm probably going to spend another 20 hours doing side stuff and then I'll try it again. And I'd love to do another episode to talk about the endings to this game because I do like this game a lot. Is it as good as Witcher 3? Nope. But it's still a fantastic RPG uh, <laughs> this year for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I will say really quick, we I mean, you mentioned Shadowrun early on in our, in our talk here. Uh, I'm a huge Shadowrun fan. I expected a little bit of Shadowrun and um, it's not. It's not a Shadowrun game. It's not, but it could be, right? Like <laughs> it could. Be. Quick hacks is just magic, right? And instead of Chumba, it's Chummer. Instead of Fixer, it's you know Mr. Johnson. They could totally sure. do. I could see a dedicated group of modders could do something with this game. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I could see it. I think this game shows that a Shadowrun RPG in this same vein could work. Yeah, that I will agree with. Yeah, they tried bringing the license back. I think Xbox 360 had a Shadow Run game, but it wasn't wasn't very good. The only one I played was the Genesis one. Harebrained Studios got the licensing from Microsoft, but I mean they it was a good game. The Shadow Run Returns game was a good game, but definitely essentially a isometric version yeah. of the rules yeah. to Shadow Run. Mm. And like Cyberpunk is definitely tries to follow those rules actually i was telling wolf on stream now the neat thing about this game is uh cd project included in the install directory uh, a goodie folder of the Mm -hmm. soundtrack the full soundtrack and various formats like flack and stuff it's crazy wallpapers and then also avatars and uh original copy pdf copy of the cyberpunk 2020 tabletop game rules which is amazing to me because it's you flip through those pages and you're like you look at the characters in the book and this game came out ages ago, and you can see where they pulled their their images from from the book, right? They really did keep it true to the tabletop. Yeah, I went through, uh, you know, the first I don't know thirty forty pages of the of the rule book just because I saw the, I saw the same thing you did, and I will say that uh, the artists for the original material <laughs> like to draw the ladies. Yeah, a lot of leotards and leather jackets. I'll have to look into this. Yeah, exactly. I think that can wrap it up for this episode. That's good. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, Sinistar, Sinistar 77. I mean, folks have definitely seen you streaming. And, well, if not streaming, they've seen you on pretty much every retro channel out there as a big supporter, <laughs> you and your wife, Sinistress. Uh, how about you tell people where they can find you? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Twitch, uh, Sinistar 77. The same on Twitter, uh, where I announce things there. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I'm hanging out with the community. I love this community. Yeah, and you're you guys are a big part of it for sure. Oh, yeah. It's always great to see the support. Well, thank you. Wolf, how about you? Where can folks find you? Uh, Twitch and Twitter mostly. So again, as I as I tend to say now, W A R E W U L F F. Google it and tell it you meant it, and you'll find me. <laughs> gotta fuck that button and make it love you. That's that's what you gotta do. <laughs> that's uh. Anyway, uh, and I'm sick, Jake. You can find me uh, mostly on Twitter. Uh, though I will be streaming in the next couple of weeks. I ordered some arcade buttons, and I'm gonna do a live unboxing and build of an arcade stick. In a cardboard box, because the trash box, it's great. I look forward to seeing it. I think it'll be funny to do. (laughs) 
like high quality buttons, shitty ass box. It's great. And also, if you guys are liking and enjoying Press B to Cancel the Podcast, hey, buy us a coffee. Consider it. Account.ko-fi.com slash Press B. You've seen the run before. It's like a low-effort Patreon. And it's a way to support the podcast. All the money you give to us goes toward hosting costs. Because, folks, we don't make money doing this. <laughs> Surprise? Yeah. But it's nice to get some help with the funds. If you'd like to be active in the community, we do have a Discord. You can find that at uh, bit.ly slash press B to cancel. And that'll bring you to the uh, Discord join page. Awesome. Well, everybody, thanks very much for listening. Everybody have a great week. Till next week. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Always choose fuck. Special thanks for music. Go to Arthur the Last Ancient on Spotify or The Last Ancient on Bandcamp. For more episodes, please visit our website at pressbtocancel.com. As well, feel free to like, comment, and subscribe at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you'd like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been... Press B to Cancel. Thank you.